Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Phenomena. Phenomena. Welcome to another episode of Obviously Oblivious with The Mike and South Philly Paul. Obviously, Oblivious is recorded in the great commonwealth of Pennsylvania in front of a live studio audience of Mike's massive dogs. Uh, yes, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Obviously Oblivious 00110. I am the Mike, and it is another interview week, and I got a good one for you. I've actually been waiting for this one since uh, late October, I believe, is when I scheduled this guest. He has been posting some amazing things over the, the, the past... Uh, I don't know. Long time. I, I don't even have any kind of uh, recollection of how long time is anymore. But for a while, I've been following him on Instagram and I've been a Facebook friend. And he's a very talented artisan, artist, whatever. But his name is uh, it's James Voitall. And uh, why don't you tell everybody uh, what you do, James? I am a puppet designer and puppeteer. Yeah. And I, uh, so, yeah, most of the stuff I'm posting on Instagram and stuff is uh, work I'm doing for clients or uh, for myself. And it's a lot of puppets kind of going through progress and just some one-off shots and quickies that I've done. And so, yeah, that's what I do. So how do, how do you get into uh, puppeteering and puppet making? Did you do one first and then get into the other or? Um, well, no, normally I say it's a, it's a lot of bad choices as a youth. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> um, well, I started when I was a kid, uh, my mom, I'm the oldest of five. And, you know, we're, you know, kind of middle class, you know, not the richest of families. And, uh, my mom is very crafty and, and did a lot of, uh, arts and crafts and, and sews and all of that. And so she taught me how to do things when I was a little kid Cool. and I would make little stuffed animals and little, you know, things out of felt, just tiny, tiny little things, nothing crazy. And, but I kept doing it. It was like kind of a hobby and I did it all through my youth and kind of realized what I was doing, you know, watching TV and stuff and started experimenting with puppets and figuring out how the things I saw on television were made and what they were using and kept going. So it was self-taught primarily. And, um, then went to, you know, got to high school and did all that in college. I studied illustration, kind of thinking of getting into a puppetry program and that didn't quite happen. I, I got accepted to a program, but couldn't get transcripts. And in the end, I think I'm better off not having been there because it's, kind of more artsy fartsy and i don't really care about that kind of nonsense where and, do they uh, where do they have puppeteer programs at or classes uh, university of connecticut okay uh up in stores i believe it is the first it was the first one in the country there are a couple other puppetry programs but at the university of connecticut you can actually get a bachelor's degree in puppetry arts this is yukon right this is yukon what yep. is it with them i also know that they offer a uh, a bachelor's in basket weaving too I, you know, they, they, they have a high, I guess, art intensive program, you know, yeah. they have really good theater school too. I mean, that's the, the puppetry program kind of stems from the theater department. Okay. And, uh, generally when you're a transfer, you're sort of, you should be someone who's transferring from the theater program. 
um, which I wasn't doing, but I was, I had enough work as a puppet designer and builder from when I was younger that like, Oh, well you can see you're doing that direction. But, uh, it was also ridiculously expensive. I'm oh like, yeah. Now the, uh, anybody who's thinking that, Oh, he's a puppeteer, a puppet, he must be rolling in it. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. And, uh, it's, I'm better off not having that, uh, that, that college tuition bill hanging over my head. Yeah. I'm sure it's about as lucrative as podcasting. Yes, it's right up there. It's right up there, especially on the building end, because that's you know that's a not the, the people behind the scenes are generally the ones not making the big bucks. It's yeah, the on camera talent is the one who's getting a big check. Uh, kind of kindred spirits. You're one of five. I'm one of five. Come from mm-hmm. a, a lower middle class family. Me too. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, we work really hard, and we're, we're our own worst critics. So exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. There you are. Yeah, that's the almost artist star. Be it be it audio or visual. Yeah, you're easy to get along with, so that works well. That. So you're from the uh what, the Newark area? Newark, uh, New Jersey? I'm in Essex County. Newark is about six, seven miles, like the beginning of the city. Okay. From from where I am. Um but I'm actually way out in the suburbs. I mean, the town I live in, Verona, is a literally like one mile square. Oh, nice. We are we are hardly a town at all. Um hold your breath going through the town. You could, you literally could, if you didn't hit any lights, you could almost <laughs> drive right through it. Um, so it's, it's a kind of a, a nice little, it's a very sheltered little community. Um, and then you got Montclair, which is the next town up and that's much more diverse community. You got a lot more going on, much more support of the arts and, um, stuff like that. I've done some work with their high school there. And, uh, you also got Montclair state university, which, uh, when I was growing up was just Montclair state college. And uh, now that's all hoity-toity, too. So. I'm going to ask you an open-ended question that might make you sound like mm-hmm. a bad person, and that's not my intention. So I'm not, I'm not leading the witness, but I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. I was watching TV last night, flipping, flipping through channels mm-hmm. uh, while I was editing one of the full assists, and I saw that they had this TV show on now that it's uh, two old guys over 60. They got One guy has to be over 80, and they okay. repossess uh, tractor trailers. And then I was flipping through other channels, and I saw Snooki and JWoww on MTV. Yes. Speaking Horrible, of, isn't it? Speaking of your area. And yes. then you have a gentleman like you who actually has some real talent. And uh, so if you see people like this on the television making uh, all kinds of money, do, yeah. do you get bitter? Do you get upset? Or do you just, um, eh, it is well, what it is. Well, you know, unfortunately, television, like, like most uh, media, panders to the lowest common denominator. This is true. You know? Uh, unfortunately, lots of people like to watch train, train wreck television. So that's where you get, you know, the Jersey shore, which none of them, except for one, I think we're from New Jersey. I'd like to point that out. Yeah. (laughs) Not that we don't have a big community of like-minded individuals in my area. No, you definitely do. But it's, there was only the one. There was only the one. There you go. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, stuff, but it's, it, that's kind of the way things have gone. It, It, those reality type programs are a lot cheaper to make. You know, you don't need, most of them don't have writers technically, Yeah, which is during the writer strike, why there was kind of an explosion of that because those shows are written essentially in the editing room. You know, it's, you know, you film these idiots running around and you take the clips and maybe they're even out of context or out of place and you form a story around it. So, I mean, that, that's, that shows all editing. It's not, it's not written. Um, and then these other ones, like, you know, kind of remember when the history channel and A&E kind of had programs that were about something and now it's all. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, used to have, oh, a... look, I bought some old crap at the store and this guy's buying it from me. And yeah. 
it's not what it used to be. But then it's again, not. the History Channel used to be just the, the World War II channel. So true enough. True at least, enough. At least, at least they have some different stuff on. Yeah. So okay. So you, you don't get too upset. I, sometimes no, you know. I honestly don't watch TV anymore. Actually, uh, I, I uh, kind of I I used to have a TV and it broke, and I went. You know, I don't need to buy a new one. I've never. It's if anything, it's more of a distraction. So I you know well, I work in a true. basement with no TV, and I'll just be down there. So you listen to music. Do you listen to podcasts? What do you do? I mostly podcast. Oh yeah. What, what, like, yeah. What are some of the shows you like? Uh, well, you know, I, I got to know you guys listen to the Mediocre Show, which mm-hmm. I started listening to right at the end of Kitten Sparks, uh, run. Yeah, you've been listening a long time, so that's like three and a half years. Three. Yeah. yeah. There's a you know I listen to you know the you know what WTF and uh, Radio Lab, This American Life, stuff like that. Um, and then there's some smaller independent ones that actually a good friend of mine. Uh, named Ken Plume, uh, who used to run Kevin Smith's website. Okay. Uh, when it was uh, View Askew, he does a couple of different podcasts. He has one called A Bit of a Chat, and he talks to some interesting folks in writing and television. A lot of them from the UK, and uh, he also does one with Dana Snyder, who is the voice of Master Shake. Huh. And uh, they they do a fun little podcast called the the Ken PD Snidecast. Ah, huh, cool. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch. I mean, I've got like probably. 50 that I listen to on any kind of regular basis. So, so the, it's really providing you with the, the bulk of your entertainment while you're, you're creating pretty much. Pretty right. much. Cool. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm interviewing you. I have to ask you a lot of things. Ask um, me many things. You started designing the puppets. Yeah. Did you, have you worked for any big companies? Have you been doing it uh, by your independently by yourself? Yeah. I've worked with uh, some big ones <laughs> and some on my own, mostly on my own the last 10 years. Um, but I worked, uh, I started off, you know, after I got out of college, I bummed around for a couple of years uh, doing crappy jobs, and um, I got an internship in Central Park. There is a marionette theater called the Swedish Cottage Marionette Theater, and okay, they do yeah. shows for the public and, and on weekends, and it's really nice up in Central Park near the Diana Ross Playground. It's a very nice neighborhood, and I did that for a summer, and uh, while I was there, I was working with a gentleman named Nicholas Coppola, no relation huh. to the other Coppola. And uh, he runs a, or actually owns a marionette theater in Park Slope, Brooklyn, called Puppet Works. And uh, he hired me on, and uh, I worked there. I still kind of work there, like not as a full-timer, but I'm kind of like an on-call when they need help and, and yeah. retelling something or meet a performer. And um, I mean, even before all of that, I had met people working for Henson, and I'd you know toured the shops and wow. Sesame Street, which I got very lucky as a teenager. I mean, lucky and unlucky. I mean, Jim passed away when I was, I guess, a freshman in high school. Yeah. That spring. So, you know, I remember that clearly happening. And it was that very was upsetting. Of, oh, heartbreaking. You know, yeah. like, um, thanks, North Carolina. You killed Jim Henson. Good job. Yeah. Right. It was, uh, it was rough. It was, that was a rough period. And I, and that was when I was really thinking that's what I want to do. You know, I was really getting gearing up to have that as what I wanted to do as a career. Um, and I met some people at a, a couple of uh, tribute things at museums who worked for the Henson Company, and, and they took me on tours. I was very lucky, so I owe a lot of that to uh, Fred Buckholz, who did special effects for the Muppets, and Ed Christie, who so is cool. a designer and um, and builder for the Muppets, like since the Muppet Show days. So this is like you going there was like me going out to uh, Lucasfilm and uh, Rancho Obi Wan this past weekend. Exactly. I was actually thinking about that when you know, I was looking at your pictures. I was like, yeah, that's exactly how like, that big <laughs> smile you had on your face. That's how I felt. And I'm not an outward smiler, so that was, it was my <laughs> face hurt the next day for sure. 
I heard you, I heard you say that on the mediocre, mediocre last night. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, so let's talk about you posting your pictures on Instagram, which I find fascinating. Sure. I don't follow too many people, and it's not because it's not because I don't care. I'm interested in what people are doing. I just for the last six months or so, I just haven't had time to look. So yeah. I, I only fo- Instagram. I started later than Twitter and Facebook, so mm-hmm. I follow less people. That's more of an intimate. These are my friends. Yeah. This is what these are the people that I like to follow. What they do, and you, your Twitter feed, which is tell everybody what it is. Oh, I got two of them. So there's there's the one where I'm more snarky, and that's puppet disaster. Yeah, <laughs> and then the one where I'm when I'm actually trying to to sell stuff. I've got a I have a, an Etsy account that I set up, and that is called a puppet a day. Yeah, um, follow them both, and uh, I like the snarky one better. Yeah, and, that's more fun. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. But what you do is over the course of like a couple of weeks ago, you did that really that full size, big trollish kind of guy. Yeah, that was uh, for the Houston Opera Company. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you're doing it, and you're you're posting pictures throughout the whole process. Like here, I got the feet done today, and and mm-hmm. now I'm working on the pants. And then it's like you like posing it off to show people how it's coming out. And just yeah. over the just the course of a couple of days, you came up with this amazing uh, this amazing thing that just looked Thanks. absolutely outstanding. And I. I hate I hate to sound like a suck up or something, but I was actually excited to watch it. Like this is really cool to see this come together, and what to see the final great. product. You're outside in it, and it's like, wow, that is so cool. So, how long? Like something a little bit less involved than that. How long does it take you? Because it seems like you do things pretty fast. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of in the in the world of the budgetary constraints. Most things I get, I have to work quick and cheap, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's, you know, there's the old famous triangle, you know, pick two, fast, cheap, and good. Yeah. Pick two. I try to get as much of all three in there as possible. Um, it, it the costume, that costume, it's like, it took me, I guess, about two weeks, I guess I worked on that, you know, and, and developing it and working the patterns out. I mean, you guys just see the, when I post the pictures, you're seeing the good part. Yeah. You're not seeing the four versions of it that I tore up because they didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So um but you, you know, should let people know that though yeah yeah i mean there's i go through mock-ups i mean I, i'll build two three versions of a head before i get the one i like you should, or you should do like a, get like the diptych app and then yeah. just do like four pictures like this was like the i had this but then i went to this and then i thought of this that'd be mm-hmm. cool well i do i do some of that i mean it's sometimes it's just like i'm I, when i'm in the moment it's like that's not right but i like this part so i'll literally take it right apart and wow. trace out the good part and then remake the, the part that I didn't like. So it's like they evolve really quick in my hands, fortunately. And it, it, it's crazy because like, I can't even liken it to anything. If I'm making food, I can't just tear things. I made, I made pizza and stromboli and I can't just tear it apart. It will mess it up. Or if, yeah. I'm, if I'm editing a show, you know, it's easy. I just take this out, gone. But for you to put something together and then have to take it apart and put it back together again, that's ah, wow. Yeah. It, it's a, it can be, it can get monotonous. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, I've, unfortunately, it's like I, I'll get pretty damn close on the first round, and you know, I can figure out what little bit I have to tweak on the on the final. Um, but like on an average puppet, it can be anywhere from a week to two weeks to you know a month, depending on again, depending on the bu- the budget and depending on on the client. Um, you know, I, I deal with a wide variety of of people from different experience levels of production and some people know what they want they've they've seen it they know it'll work they know i can do it some people i'll get a drawing that doesn't really look like anything pardon me 
Mm-hmm. I'll, go, I'll get a you know a little sketch, and and then it's trying to kind of coax out of them what they want, and uh, that can be more frustrating because some normally those are the ones with the least amount of budget. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, I'm cutting you a break. I'm doing it for you know X amount. You know, I like you. You're doing a, you know, your help. You know, I'll help you out on the project. And then it's like, well, can you do this? Oh, I'd really love you to change the color. It's like you've already picked the fur out. I've already bought it. So things like that happen. I I have to again agree with you. I mean, I do design. That's my main job. And uh, you ask a client what they're looking for. They say, oh, just give me something. And the big clients, they either tell you or they don't. And whatever you come up with, they like it. They and that's what they go with. But you Mm -hmm. get these little clients and you're trying to help them out and give them, you know, a good deal and and try to be a nice guy. And they're the ones that come back to you with like 10 changes, five, you know, five times a day, change this, do that, do that. And you're like, you're thinking, what the hell? Exactly. And and those are the ones that, you know, when they, when you're talking to them about price are are the the ones that freak out the most. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, I got, I have a business. I got to make money. Well, yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm, my time's just as valuable. Yeah. If (laughs) not more. They're not going to get cheaper. So. You know, and that, and that's, that's always a hard thing. Cause you know, they come at you and I don't want to get into figures and what things cost, but no, like, you know, no. people, people have a, an impression of what puppets are in their mind and they think it's what they see at Toys R Us or the fancy toy store down the street that sells the high end kids toys. And they'll see something from a big company that makes a Sesame street character or something like that. And it's like, well, don't they just go to a store and get those? Well, no, an <laughs> artist spent a month working on that. Yeah. That character you see on television took two weeks to build. You had to design you know? it. You had to come up with all the uh, all the little intricacies of it. Yeah, and then they think there's just one. It's like, well, no, there's ten of that character yeah. <laughs> because it's been destroyed. He's been around for forty five years. It's you know they they don't last forever. So recently, you did um, a Yoda. What, what, mm-hmm. what, what did you do that for? Was that for fun or for a client? That was for uh, I do a lot of work with College Humor. Okay, and do parody videos and. That's who that was for. And literally as I finished it, the shoot got canceled. Ah, sucks. <laughs> so, uh, what, ha- what'll happen is it'll just end up in a box and they'll probably call some other point and go, Hey, we're going to do something with you. Yeah. That Yoda still. And then I'll pull it out of the box. Huh. Um, cause that's always, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Cause I, with them, I, it's all parody stuff. So it's like, I can do an interpretation of an existing character, which is not something I do a lot of. I try not to do that. Cause I don't, I can't sell them. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, I get that a lot. I'll get emails. Hey, my kid really loves Grover. Can you make me a Grover? I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> they're like, well, why? Oh, I don't own him. And you don't want what I'm going to make for your kid to play with. It's not a, it's not a safe toy. It's not a toy. Yeah, no. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tool for film and stuff like that. Um, and there are some people out there who do build knockoffs and that, that gets into a whole other realm of conversation of, yeah. in the world of puppetry and ethics and all of that but um but parody is always is fair game you know you can do a quick i've done a couple different ones for them and we've you know slammed sesame street we've made fun of the little mermaid did uh we worked on one a couple years back i had to make a bunch of like ewok type characters yeah for these little kids to dance in and they did that um parody of the new york state of mind song yeah our empire state of mind they did a you know they turned it into you know Empire is in Star Wars state of mind. Oh, okay. So, oh yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It was the Jay, the Jay Z song. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Billy Joel. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you did you did another one recently for somebody who's who's mildly famous. I can't remember for the life of me who it was though. Um, well, I'm still actually finishing that. I'm actually have to finish that up this weekend and get that out, get the final approvals. But that's for Travis McCoy. Yeah, that's right. And 
which is crazy because everyone's like, oh, I know who that is. And me, because I don't watch TV anymore, or listen to the radio, I'm like, I've never heard of this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you see, that one's coming out really well. And people are hard. So how does it work? Do, do, do people find you by word of mouth? Do they find you by, are you listed in a uh, puppet making directory? How does that work? Um, well, there's, there's a few networks of like puppet builders out there and I think I'm listed someplace. Um, I have a bit of a web presence. I have a Tumblr and my Twitter feed and, uh, don't have an, like, an official website, but there's so few of us who do what we do. A lot of it does end up coming from word to mouth, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, like uh, you know, here in the, in the, the greater New York area, there are three major companies and then there's a bunch of freelancers. So someone will get a gig and like, Oh, I'm busy. I can't do this, but why don't you call this guy? You know, and, and normally it's like, you know, they're, they're not asking enough money, but you work quick. Can you get this done for them in a day? And I'll get stuff like that. And you know, it, it all depends. And there's also a couple of, uh, kind of like private message boards that the puppeteers are on and we get emails that we'll send it to each other. So like, oh, okay. This listing just came through, send in your info if you want to try and get the gig. I actually, had, I actually was looking for a website. If you had a website, because I didn't know if, like, maybe you had a like videos posted up on it, like a project of a video. Because I, I think that'd be something really interesting to watch. Like, you know, not yeah. not the whole the whole process, like lengthwise, but like sped well, up. Like, this is me doing have, this and then stop. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to figure out how to do that. I don't have a like a, a good video camera to make something like that happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I do have like there's a YouTube page I set up for Puppet a Day, and I would do a demo and like an example of what I was working on for that project when I did it last year. And then there's the, the other YouTube page I have is kind of like I'll post, uh, projects that I've worked on that I'm able to post, or I'll like make a playlist of the postings that the project actually is on. So people can see it and throw that up. Cause oh, I've cool. done, some done some music videos and TV commercials over the years. So can you send that to me after the show so yeah. I can post that in the show notes so everybody can yes, check it definitely. out? I will definitely send both of those to you. That'd be excellent. I appreciate it. And your Tumblr and Twitter and all that stuff too. Sure. You'll get a, a full listing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so has any of this taken you all over the world or have you just stayed pretty local? Um, I've gotten, fortunately, like the last few years, I've been able to travel a little bit doing it, which has been fun. Um, when I worked for Henson, I was mostly in New York in the shop and uh, most of the work I got was local after I worked at Henson. And then um, I did a, I got a job building characters for a pilot for a kid's show that unfortunately I don't think has ever happened. But uh, I worked on it in conjunction actually with some friends in Pennsylvania down in Bristol. Mm. And uh, while we were working on that build, they got a call in to do a, a, a commercial for Mexico. So we went to Mexico City for about a week. Wow, nice. Shot a, shot a commercial and it was, it was a good time. We had a lot of fun. And we got to go to Austin and Chicago, uh, done some work down in Florida. Never been to the West Coast, actually, but, um, you know, there's a lot happening out here, too. Yeah. And then this just recently, this past fall, um, I was doing a show at the Bronx Zoo with a colleague, uh, Noel McNeil, who uh, did a show uh, called Bear in the Big Blue House. And he yeah, was, I remember he, that show. He was Bear. Noel, Noel was Bear. So, uh, and I actually used to build Bear's head for the second and third seasons. No of that kidding. Show. Yeah, I used to love the way that Bear danced. That was funny. Yep. Yep, that was Noel. I could see it in and, my uh, head. Tell Noel good job. I remember that. Uh, we'll do that. But uh, he wrote a show for the Bronx Zoo. We were doing that there, and uh, towards the end of the run, like he had uh, he had mentioned something to me, me about uh, whether or not I was going to be home for Thanksgiving or if I was traveling. And I said, well, I'll be home. You know, don't let me do much. Just like the family. 
And then I said, well, hey, I've got this job in Doha, in Qatar. Yeah, that's what I was go. wondering about. Yeah, so I, I, I did this. It was a, a very interesting experience. Uh, this guy, Pete Downing, uh, does a, he's like the producer, one of the producers for the Tribeca Film Festival, and he handles all the kids' entertainment in New York. But he's now doing it, splits his time, his time now. He's in Qatar for six months out of the year, and he's in New York for six months. And he organizes the Doha Qatar tri, uh, Doha Tribeca Children's Family Film Festival, something huh. like that. So I went over there and I did a, a puppet workshop uh, with these two other puppeteers from India who would do a show, and then I would come out and I would talk to the kids about puppets, and then they would go and do a, a building um, workshop, you know, doing paper bag puppets and crafty stuff. So let me. So I remember when you were posting pictures from that, the the look on the kids' faces, and as a father, that it's important to me to see yeah. when children are legitimately like happy and smiling and and enjoying yeah. it, and the looks on those kids' faces, it was outstanding. What you were doing was such an amazing thing. Thank you, and it, it was you know it was actually very it was, it was an interesting experience. I mean, it's not. I mean, culturally, that area of the world is far different from what you're getting here. I mean, there's they're very, um, you know. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know how even how it's to describe different. It. I mean, it's like uh, like this guy spending six months there and six months in New York. Uh, that must be culture shock. I, I would imagine so. I mean, I, I was there for three for two days and it was culture shock. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's also, there's also a lot of expats there too. So it's a uh, you know you've got the the indigenous people and and you know most of them are Muslim Muslim and they're very you know devout. They you know they have the strict dress codes. I mean, not strict as in like you're going to be criminally penalized, <laughs> but it, they're encouraged to dress traditionally, so yeah. you know the the full on garb, and and they were they were all very nice. Most of them spoke English. Um, Doha, at least, especially in that region, is one of the more, I guess, not so much not so much liberal, but more advanced in terms of education and international society and relations. Um, and they actually, you know, they have touristry tourism is something they're trying to get going there, and. But the education is a big thing. Like literally this uh, cultural arts center that we were at is part of Education City where they have uh, international charter versions of like Harvard and Yale and all of these big colleges. They bring in the professors and they teach there so that their people don't have to go out of the country to get an education. They can get the finest education in the world at home. Yeah. Uh, and But they have the expats too. So, the, you know, there are a lot of Westerners and Europeans and. So it was it was interesting. Yeah, no, those those pictures were just like I said, they were outstanding. I, I at the time you were posting, I had to show them to Ariana, uh -huh. and I'm like, this is the kind of thing that gives me faith in people that you go yeah. around and you get to do stuff like this and and bring joy to joy to the kids. So you've been listening to to mediocre for almost four years, yeah. And we've did, we've talked on Facebook many a time before. Uh, before I had you asked you to come on for the interview and, and before mm -hmm. I started following you on Instagram and all that. Sure. So you've been listening for a long time and mm -hmm. why didn't you ever tell us what you do? You don't seem to promote yourself like, <laughs> like that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm weird. Like I don't, I don't do a lot of interaction on this stuff. I, I, and, and nine times out of 10, I'm listening to you guys on a podcast and I almost hardly ever go to like websites and forums and do a lot of interactions. I, I don't know why I'm just like, that. Oh, I'm the same <laughs> um, way. you know, I, it, it's like, I, cause I, I have a desktop, I don't have a laptop, so I don't bring it down to the basement with me and, you know, and, well, and literally for creation too. 
yeah, it, it's, you know, there's so many distractions and everything. So I'm, I'm very weird like that. I don't, I, I, I do it sometimes like I've done it in the past and, but when I'm really busy and working on stuff, I almost never get into the interaction part. Like I've only just recently started listening to like mediocre live and that's because like, I actually happen to be home <laughs> and I can, you know, listen to it, you know, on, on the Wi-Fi. And I'll do it sometimes while, you know, streaming it, you know, over cellular, but it's like, I'm, I'm always afraid I'm going to get some crazy bill or I'm going to get like, <laughs> a, what do you call it? The, what do they call that when they slow down your service? Yeah. They th- throttle it. Throttling. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, great. Well, you, I had it happen twice and I'm like, oh yeah, it sucks. That happened yeah. to me the one month. I, even though I have unlimited, I don't have unlimited. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. But Thank you, you AT&T. Yeah, exactly. It, you had to have known though, that this is something that would have fascinated us though. I mean, you've heard Eric, <laughs> Eric brought it up a couple times. On, actually, it was quite surprising to me a couple of weeks ago on the show. He brought up that what you do. And yeah, I guess you're in the chat, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have him on the show in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, you had to know that this is something that we would find fascinating. Uh, yeah, you know, especially and you know, now I'm noticing that more. But it, it was well, especially when I first started listening. I mean, <laughs> sometimes the topics of of conversation were really crazy. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I just I never think of doing that for some reason. So, but I, I you know I guess it's also I like being you know the a listener and maybe not a participant sometimes. Yeah, no, I don't want to force you into it, but I just oh, I just no. wanted to I just wanted you to know you. I, I would have thought he would have had to know that we would have been like if you would have oh. called in one night, we probably would have had you on the phone for like a whole show. I would definitely call in sometime. Yeah, you should. So down in your basement, your workshop, mm-hmm. do you just have like bins and bins and bins of different kinds of material? Like, could you? Like just without having to go shopping for something, you just come up and just make something. Well, I can just come up and just make anything sometimes, but the the biggest problem is, and I have way more fabric than I'll ever need for the most part. The thing that sucks is nine times out of 10, whoever calls to have me build them something, whatever it is they want, I won't have the color. Of course. So I'll end up having to go out and buy stuff. And then I end up with it. And you have to buy extra just in case you do something wrong. And exactly. Yeah. You know, you try to, get it so it's like i can buy a yard or two yards and but you know i always end up with with overflow um and i that was actually why i started doing a puppet a day last year i was trying to i did a, i built one every day from like the beginning of february till the end and then i got busy doing work and i couldn't do it but it was all in an attempt of like i gotta clean these bins out i gotta <laughs> get rid of this shit I, I it's just too much to have around and um so I, i'm still gonna try i've been doing that now on a slower scale, just kind of building one here and there to keep myself busy between projects. So I'll build something and just put it up and, uh, and you know, either I'll keep it for my own reserves for projects or I'll start selling some soon. So do you, do you have a significant other? I do not. I do not. Which so is fine. That, that, that <laughs> probably makes things a lot easier too. I mean, uh, yeah. Ariana is quite kind with uh, how much time I spend on my little hobby, but I would wonder that sooner or later she'd probably have to get pretty pissed off about it. But she never has. I mean, it's been almost seven years. So, well, but that's a good, you know, that, that's great. And, and, and part of it is just like, you know, getting around is a pain because I don't own a car right now. Um, if I want to go to the city, I can go and hang out in the city. But then it's like, well, last bus out, it's 1245. Huh. I better get my ass to Port Authority. So it's like, just as parties are getting going, I'm normally the first one out. Um, and even locally, there's really not a whole heck of a lot to do around here. <laughs> so I spend most of my time in the basement and just, you know, when I'm in my free time, I'll work down there, uh, try to get to the gym a couple times a week and uh, keep myself busy. I mean, most really for the last two years, I've, my main focus has just been trying to get myself out of credit card debt, get myself back in the black. Yeah, and, uh, it's important to do, especially it this is. day and age. Especially. Yeah, well, that's and that was, you know, I had I had 
couple of really rough years there and uh the credit cards kind of just mounted and mounted and i've gotten it into i'm bordering on manageable territory which is nice it's like if i can get it down to just the one and i'll i'll be happy well good for you look at you Uh, now uh forgive me for asking do you do a right do you do a regular day job too i i don't um I mean, this. I mean, is this is is doing the puppets in, enough to be the, your full time job? Like, what would be? Fortunately, your... for the last year, I've been able to, as a freelancer, I've almost been able to maintain just doing this. Um, depending on the amount of projects per month, like last year was ridiculously busy. Thank God, you know, I got had a the puppet a day thing kept me busy. I had a gig start in March, and then another one in April, and then I had one all through the summer. Nice. And on top of that, I had a couple of commercial jobs that paid pretty decently. Um, and I also started getting my first residuals from a film I worked on. So it was like, oh, hey, look, I got a check for huh. doing nothing this month. Well, that's um, going to be nice. Yeah. I mean, they come up, they pop up like every six months now. It's like I'll get, and they just get incrementally smaller. <laughs> it's like, oh, 1,500, 1,000, 800. I think the next one will probably be like, 200 and then i'll get like checks for 35 cents from here on out well i mean i think it's good that you that you're you have enough to keep you busy but you're also you're open enough that if some real big thing happened you got a call from from somebody say i need this that that you'll be able to do that oh definitely and i mean on top of that too i'll still do you know part-time jobs i I worked at a cafe for years part-time did you know managing nights and on weekends uh and i still work at a catering company here in town that i worked for in high school which has its ups and downs it can be very depressing going Fuck! I did this in high school, <laughs> but you're but you're following your dreams though. So that's that to me. That's yeah. cool. I mean, I, I kind of I got to tell you, I respect the the fact that you are doing that. Like, I, I know that for me, I have to with the family and everything else. I gotta yeah. make sure I do my day job too, which is sure not as fun. Even though yeah, it's you know I'm yeah. doing art, so that's good. But it's well, now be you worked in you worked in audio engineering at one point too, is it right? Or uh, not? I worked. I did graphic design for many years, and now I'm doing uh, mostly uh, general uh, graphic design and like uh, like IT work, like uh, networking okay. and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Well, it's you know, but you know, you know how it is as a graphic designer and how hard that field is to work in. I mean, that's unless you get in with some of the really big PR firms and stuff like that. It's it's a it's a slog. So you know, and it's the same with what I do. I mean, and honestly. The field has changed a lot over the last 10 years. It's, yeah. It's splintered. It's, you know, it's all over the place. You know, I mean, there's the Muppet films, but that's handled by one company because that's not handled by Henson anymore because they don't own some of those characters. And then there's Sesame Street, but they don't have a lot of new characters coming in. So it's mostly just refurbing. So they, their shop is, you know, when I worked there 12 years ago, it was, I think, about 25, 35 people there at any one time. Wow. And now they've got a staff of about six. So why don't they come up with new characters? Um, it's hard, you know, it's hard, I think, to do it. You can just write a character, but if it does, if it doesn't take off, then you've invested a lot of money into it. Um, and they don't have the faith in the development of a character that they used to have. Um, if you think about Sesame Street's been around for 40 years, 45 years, they've had, dozens and dozens of characters that have come through there some have lasted some haven't some you'll never see again (laughs) and uh and it was same with the muppet show that that had five years of being able to develop a character these days if a character or show doesn't take off within the first two three episodes it's gone you know look at the way you know any show. you won't come up you won't ever see anything like the fraggles on tv again you honestly i don't think that show could be made today 
you would not get that show made today. Yeah, that's a shame. It was a good show. But I mean, they're, they're still working. I think there's actually, there's talk of a feature film, possibly. I, I heard so. that they're going to redo The Dark Crystal or, or do something with The Dark Crystal. I think that might be dead. Really? Yeah, but if, that's a hard one to do. I yeah. Think. I mean, that, and that film is really, was such an experiment in style, you know? Um, and it's a gr- beautiful to look at. And I, I love watching that movie, but I, I think that that's a hard one to, I think that'd be a hard story to create a sequel for. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. But I just, when I heard that, I was like, well, what are they going to, I was shocked. I didn't know what they were going to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've not heard any news about that in probably two years. That was the last time I really heard something about it. So huh. it could be in development hell, which happens to a lot of things. Yes, it does. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's been plenty of movies like that. I've, I've heard, oh, they're going to do this. And then say, like, oh, no, done. So, so when you, when you go to different uh, events or whatever, you have to be pretty mm-hmm. much Johnny on the spot to fix things if something goes wrong. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, for a lot of things, um, the bigger productions, you'll have a wrangler and basically their, their job is to do repairs and to rig the puppet for, uh, for a scene. So like on Sesame street, you've got your main puppeteers, you have your film crew, you know, you've got your your wardrobe people for the actors, and then you have a wrangler who is kind of like wardrobe for the puppets. Okay. And they do on-the-spot repairs. They'll do uh, rigging for a scene, preparing costumes, st- you know, restitching, may- and also doing quality control. So they'll be looking at the monitor to make sure the puppet looks its best for the camera. Because, you know, not necessarily... On Sesame, it's different. They all know what they're supposed to look like, and they'll see a problem. Yeah, but the Wrangler's job is to realize, like, oh, there's a spot on the eye. Oh, there's a bit of fluff caught in the, <laughs> the fur. Um, when I do stuff, because I'm I'm normally on these really low budget things, I'm doing all of that for myself. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll be me on set. Like I, I when I did this commercial uh, about ten, no, not ten years, six years ago, seven years ago, uh, we did a commercial out in Long Island, and uh, it was in the middle of January, and a horse pasture filming outside for. Uh, ruby tuesday commercial and i had these three chickens i built and you know it's like i'm spending the day trying to get to not get them in the mud because yeah. it was starting to melt but it was you know it's a farm so it was mud everywhere the, mud everywhere and horse shit and everything yeah. else because it literally was a horse pasture they had just moved the animals out of the corral that we are working in i so bet that was, was a wonderful day oh yes it was lying on the ground it smelled wonderful and <laughs> so huh. But yeah, so I had to do all that. I mean, it's it's uh, it can be uh, very stressful on a set like that. Um, I can imagine. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. I'll have a lot of people email mm-hmm. me and tell me I was a that I missed the opportunity to ask you what film were you working on that you said you were getting residual checks oh, for. I worked on the Smurf movie. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's there's a scene in the beginning uh, in Smurfland, I mm-hmm. guess, where Gargamel is uh, trying to find the Smurf village. Yeah, but he's like he's talking to the cat, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So he was talking to the cat, but Azrael. he was what he wanted to do with these little marionette Smurfs. So I I built the the Smurf marionettes and um. No shit. Sets. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. And I got to work on set with Hank Azaria, which was really cool. Yeah, I love Hank Azaria. He's he's a very talented guy, and you know yeah. I I learned recently that Katy Perry actually did Smurfette's voice for the movie. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. And uh, they had Jonathan Winters in to do papa smurf yeah yeah so so you're actually doing stuff with gargamel i was doing stuff with gargamel we were we are working on set i was actually only there for two days um I, we were it was supposed to be a three-day shoot for me and they scheduled it at, they had rescheduled it 
And the day of the rescheduling, I had the opening of a show I was working on off Broadway and I kind of had to be there. So, um, I brought in, I had already brought in one puppeteer from puppet works. I brought in a second to cover me for the, the day I couldn't be there. And, uh, my friend Mike actually was, had to wear like uh, a dupe of Gargamel's costume. So just in case it would catch a bit of him on camera. Yeah. So he was actually, he did, uh, uh, we did, uh, scenes where we were marinating the two of us or just him solo, making them walk across and talk. And it was a really fun little shoot. It was, it was good. And it, and it actually looked beautiful on, on film. Yeah, um, no, I, I've, I've probably seen that movie 20 times now. Anya loves that movie. Go. Yeah. So I, I, I did those little Smurf marionettes. It was, that's awesome. I'm going to have to tell her it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be either. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, you should check it out. It wasn't it wasn't that bad. I mean, yeah. some of the movies she watches, I'm not very thrilled with, but that one, yeah, we've watched it a bunch of times. That's cool. So, that they contacted you or somebody uh, uh, recommended actually, you, or they got in touch actually with Puppet Works in Brooklyn. Um, the guy uh, who did the set design and props, this guy Jim Mazzola, didn't really know where to go for this, so he just went in the phone book. Said, oh, "Puppet Works, let me call them." And, you know, he said, "Hey, I'm looking for a marionettes. I need a marionettes of Smurfs and." said oh you know we don't have time to build but we can we'll send you to our guy he builds stuff for us and i went in and spoke with him He was a really cool guy he was like a long island native and you know really down to earth you know no bullshitting he's like yep i got this much money and i you know i said well it cost about this it's pretty much what i thought that's what i have in my budget here's your here's the money went out it took me about a month uh, and a half to build them i had to sculpt them in clay and uh I had a friend of mine come in and help me cast them in silicone, and then I ran them in a, a two-part resin plastic, and their heads were hollow, and yeah. had to paint them, and then we had to age them to make them look like they'd been around and really beat up. <laughs> and uh, the, the set people actually built the little Smurf house set that they were in. So. Now, is this? I know that the film was based in New York City. Was it filmed near New York, or was it somewhere else? Oh, it was filmed in New York at Kaufman Astoria. Okay. So, uh, that's actually one of the largest, one of the larger film studios in New York. A lot of things have been shot there. Um, and I shoot a lot of TV series out there as well. I think, uh, uh, life was it a Louis CK show. Yeah. There's a lot there. So there's, there's Kaufman and there's silver cup. They're both out in Queens and actually Sesame street work was filming in Kaufman. Um, I think they were actually filming some stuff while I was out there. I bumped into some people I know walking the halls with puppets and, um, and then a friend of mine's, uh, my friend Fred, who worked with me at Henson, his wife was uh, doing prop wrangling for the Smurfs. And then she left the Smurf movie and was doing Popper's Penguins, which was huh. shooting that summer as well. Yeah, I know that movie too. See, that wasn't as good as the Smurf movie. No, no, no. <laughs> but what's even funnier is I remember when I was working for Henson, that was at one point on a development slate for a Henson film. Really? Back in like the early 2000s. Huh. And I guess the, the rights must have lapsed and it moved on. And somebody else got it. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, previously that like your friend came over and helped you cast it and, and mm-hmm. put the, the silicone or whatever, yeah. uh, the technical terms that I'm trying to speak mm-hmm. here. Now, um, do you uh, get together and collaborate with stuff a lot? Do you learn a lot of techniques from each other by doing that? Um, that's yeah, Or is that's it like secrets old. of the trade that you, you don't share with the other puppet ma- yeah, masters? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's some people who are like that, and there are people who don't want to share their knowledge. I mean, I... I was okay as a, I was a very rank amateur when I started working at Henson and I learned a lot just from being around those people and everybody has a different skill set, a different skill level. And I, you know, I was fortunate to do a little bit of everything when I was working there You know, I worked with the casting guy, you know, helping make, uh, 
molds for for backpack frames for some of the walk around characters and those are all carbon fiber you know fiberglass resins and also casting eyes and fiber and doing vacuum forming and i learned from him and i learned from you know the, the pattern makers and the, the, the other sculptors and stuff uh so i mean the best way to do it is to kind of work if you can you want to work with other people you know yeah i i mean when i can bring in people to help with me on a project i do unfortunately most of the time it's like I just can't afford to pay anyone. Yeah. You just got to get and I don't want to call them and say, Oh, I've got $10. Why don't you come and help me? <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's an, that's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. Of, of all the things you've created ever since you're a child, mm-hmm. um, what, what are some of the favorite things you've done? Well, man, um, and anything I did at Henson was great. <laughs> it was, that was the best. That was like the best four years of my life. Uh, bear was a blast to work with and work on. Um, and uh, then I've done a couple things that, you know, a lot of what I did with there was refurb. So I was repairing and, and refurbishing like puppets that were 30 years old from the Muppet show. So yeah, but history, it was all history stuff and it was great stuff to learn from. And it was like, wow, this, this thing's uh, falling apart because huh. what happens is the foam will go to toast. As we say, um, we use a foam called a uh, Scott or reticulated polyfoam. And it's basically air conditioning filters or pool filter foam got a really wide pour in it and it's a little stiffer than like the foam in a cushion and uh it lasts for about 10 years and after that uh the it you know reacts with the oxygen in the air and it just dries out and turns to crumbs ah all right so i've seen that happen with uh just old puppets that when i used to do stuff for uh, for the theater they mm-hmm. used to be old stuff in, a, in like a, a chest and yeah yeah it was falling apart like that so yeah, it was yeah. toasty huh Yep, that's we call. Yep, then that happens a lot. So, I'll, you know, things nothing lasts forever. So you would get these pat these things out, and you breathe on them, and they would fall apart. So huh. I got to got to do a lot of refurb. Uh, you know, and the Smurf movie was a great experience, and working off Broadway was was a great time. You know, and I'm not, I don't consider myself an actor. I know a lot of puppeteers are like, oh, we're actors, and I'm like, no, I'm a puppeteer. I like, huh. you know, I like to not be seen but so like doing stuff like off broadway like a like a beauty and the beast or a lion king sort of thing uh well it was a it was a, a kid's show called uh imagine ocean oh yeah i heard of that all right yeah and it was actually, it's actually been touring the country for the last uh two years and they've, they've gone international a couple times now uh i was in the original off broadway cast and i was played a an anglerfish named tank it's huh. <laughs> so, awesome yeah Did, it was fun what was the reason why you stopped working for the henson company was there layoffs uh, or yeah, it was basically just layoffs. I mean, what, when I started there, uh, it was still just the Henson Company. Halfway through my time, actually like a year and a half in to two years in, um, the company was sold to this company in Germany called EMTV. And they were a licensing and merchandising company. And allegedly they were kind of doing some screwy things with their stock portfolio and, you know, what they actually were producing and weren't producing. And the European market crashed, and they were one of the first ones to go under. Ah, I felt the pinch early. Yeah, and uh, so Henson bought them back, uh, you know, for less than I guess they sold them for, which <laughs> was great. They bought them back, and the company went along for another year and a half, two years after that, and then they started, you know, things were going to be changing, and then it came down that they were going to be closing the workshop that I worked in. And that was on East 67th Street near Third Avenue in mm-hmm. Manhattan, and that building had been there for years. <clears throat> so they uh, they basically 
you know, we, we ended up having meetings with like, you know, the, the, uh, human resources people, which, you know, what, whatever they do. Never as uh, good a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I probably didn't react well to it. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of had words with, with the, the lady who had come in to tell us all that we were being fired. Ah, chalk it up to age. Well, I probably would do that now anyway. But it's just, basically, <laughs> I just kind of pointed out, it's like, all right, so you're closing the, the main creative division of this company that sells the things that we create or builds the things that you create and you're keeping on all of these secretaries and personal assistants and, you know, all this other staff and people like yourself who I'm sure are getting paid more than I am to do my job while you couldn't do what I do. I could easily do what you do. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's one of those things where artists, the artists are usually the first things to go and that's what gets the company yeah. money. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, it, and, you know, it happened. What do you do? But yeah, but I, I apparently heard jaw kind of drop. I did end up writing an email apologizing to the, the head of the LA shop who was out there as part of that. Yeah. And he agreed and he was like, no, no, we appreciated your passion. We understand. And it's fine. Well, you had a pretty uh, awesome job. I'd be very upset yeah. too. No, it was my dream job. Yeah. You know? so having it taken away really kind of sucked. You can't and, just uh, keep your mouth shut and not say anything. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, like your, I like your nonchalantness about it. Good for you. Not me. Yeah. I'd be bitter for fucking years. Well, I, and I was, I w I really was bitter for a long time, you know, and I've, I've been bitter about a lot of things and there's no point in me being bitter. You know, it's, I still am doing what I like to do. And, you know, I think I've learned a lot and I've, you know, definitely improved even from then. Um, you know, but, but I mean, it, it's but, another but, dream but, job. I mean, you get to work by yourself. You get to work for yourself. Exactly. And that, and that, that can be great. You know, until yeah. you get like, you know, audited or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, that's not good. No, it's not. It's not fun. Don't, don't, I don't recommend them, but you know, it, there's no sense in being bitter about it. It's, I got to do it. I'm, I'm a, one of the lucky few who got to do that. And I'm also, I think in, in a way kind of represent the last of a, like maybe the last group of people who got to work there and learn from everyone who was there. So I worked with people who had been doing that for 30 years. Yeah. That's incredible. And, you know, and longer and, and some of them still work there. And I can, I got to call some of these people, my friends who I still talk to, you know, and I got to work with some of the best puppeteers in the world. You know, I got to, you know, we just lost recently Jerry Nelson who did the count on Sesame street. Yeah. And I worked with them once or twice at Henson and, but thanks to the wonders of the internet, I actually became kind of friend friends with him uh -huh. online in Facebook. We used to message all the time, you know, I got to work with Frank Oz on a set. I got to work with Dave goals. I was going to ask you if you got to work with Frank Oz I, once. <laughs> That's cool though. That's one more, That's one more time than everybody else. I got to wrangle on a, on a bunch of little Muppet bits. These were like little things we were doing for, uh, the Odyssey channel, which was, I think a very short lived thing that the Henson was involved with, but, uh, they brought in all the old performers and they came in and did these little like 30 second clips like character pieces with their characters. And I got to see him do piggy and Fozzie. That's awesome. And it was great. Yeah. It was really cool. You know, and I, and watching Dave do Gonzo and Bunsen and yeah. Jerry performing Floyd. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. I hope I can take a cue from you and not, not be so bitter and let things go. I, that's something I still haven't really heard, learned that much with age. It's, it's, it's hard to do. I mean, and I, I still, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm completely over every little bit of bitterness I have. I can be, get a couple of beers in me and I'll go on forever, <laughs> but there's no, there's no point in it. I mean, it, 
you know, I, I miss things that I used to do and I wish I was still doing them and I wish I'd have the opportunity again. And that may or may not ever happen. You know, it's a changing world, a well, changing you're industry. You're talented, dude. I, I, dude, I think it will. I'm going to so. share one more thing with you and then I have one final question. Sure. And, um, the, the, what I'm going to share with you is, so I've been sharing your Instagram photos with the girls. Oh, cool. And uh, like every day you do one, I come home and every day you post a picture, I come home and I show them. And so it's been cool. like a thing in our house at dinner time. Nice. And after a while, Anya had the bright idea that we should make our own puppet. Okay. And I'm a realistic person. I mm-hmm. know that there's a lot of people that can't do what I do. And I know there's a lot of things I can't do that other people do. One of them has, happens to be, I'm not a very uh, mechanical or artsy with my hands kind of guy. But you don't have to be. Well, hold on. <laughs> I mean, you know, they don't, I mean, I mean. Honestly, you don't have to be. I mean, there's there are some great books out there where you can do very simple things with with Anya, you know, at the kitchen table. My friend Noel, who I was talking about before, wrote a great book called Ten Minute Puppets, and it's all stuff you can use around the house. Oh, I'm writing that down. Yeah, I will send you the link to that. Oh, thank you. Because you definitely you definitely should look at that look that book up. It's all stuff you can do at home. It's you know an envelope, a piece of paper cardboard wooden spoons well see i wish i would have known that see i went all out (laughs) (laughs) i went over to ac Moore and i got felt and i got the fur stuff and i got we got all this stuff and we we got all that stuff we were very excited Mm -hmm. and we came home we worked on it for a couple days and and what we came up with was more her than me and it was very we you know we have it it's in her room it's displayed in her room but it's not and and you could sit there and you want to say oh everybody can do it blah 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 no (laughs) Uh, no, people could make a puppet. They could make a sock puppet or a paper bag puppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I did all that with the playgrounds when I worked at the playgrounds. Sure. So yeah, you can you can technically make a puppet, but you can't make mm-hmm. a quality puppet like you make. Okay. Well, it takes time. Yeah, that takes, you, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. Important. You 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 have a skill. You have a craft. Mm-hmm. So uh, essentially, well, essentially, what I'm getting at is you you did you inspired her to be she's very artsy she likes to do her music and she likes to do art and i I appreciated that she she found an interest in and we got to do something like that and work on it together as Mm -hmm. as father and daughter but um yeah it's it's kind of hard to explain why daddy can't make what you know (laughs) what what you're doing and you know then i then i did explain to her you know i went through some other pictures and you know up the process like this is a lot of Hard work, and she understands the hard yeah. work and all that. Um, but all that the being said, glue. yeah. <laughs> With all that being said, mm-hmm. uh, what are some of your favorite characters that have been made over the years that, that you not that you've done, but that other people have done that you really connect with? All right, I'll you know, I mean, I grew up on watching all the Muppet stuff, so I mean, I love all those characters. I did not grow up as a big fan of Sesame Street. I always thought it was too simplistic. I always liked the Muppet Show better because the characters were more extreme. Yeah. In terms of like a whole cohesive world, I loved Fraggle Rock because it wasn't just the Fraggles and the Gorgs and the, the, the little doozers. doozers. Yeah, it was. It was also all of the environmental creatures in that. Yeah, kind of like in like the Dark Crystal things in the background, like, just running all by. the weird little things in the background. I loved all of that stuff. Just that that rich rich environment, and I, I that that always blew me away. The trash heap. How hard would that be to make? That well, you know, she was kind of like a bag puppet, but <laughs> um, she was also covered in so many little bits and pieces and some sculpted elements and you know getting the eyes to open and close and you know that on the end sometimes the the simplest ones are the more complicated for some reason because that (laughs) also has like a series of what we call boning it's like uh it's like a nylon plastic in a case 
and it spirals up through the body on the fabric so it can kind of accordion in and out. Yeah, so give it like some uh, some depth to it. Exactly, exactly. And it, you know, keep it lightweight as best you can. Um, but I I love that I love that show. That all those the characters on that was was one of my favorites. And I loved Labyrinth, which was you Yeah, know, Labyrinth was pretty I didn't even think of Labyrinth. That was special. Yeah. yeah. And uh and then going away from like the Henson Dunn stuff, like Gremlins was always one of my favorite movies as a kid. I loved all those little creepy foam latex monsters. And uh, you know, that's you know, I mean and even even going back, you know, Godzilla movies as a kid. I yeah. loved those. And that's that's a form of puppetry in and of itself. You know, a big guy in a suit. Yeah, it's kind of silly looking now, but that's a puppet. Do you think that just uh, the way they make movies now with uh, the CGI and everything digital, it's just, you're, it's going to be a craft that's going to go away? Or do you think there'll always be people well, that do it? I think there'll always be people that do it. I mean, it's, it's not a... We, we sometimes jokingly say it's a dying art form. And it, it's not so much dying as changing and... Is television going to be a venue for it forever? Maybe not. Um, it's, you know, it's hard to, because puppets are stigmatized. And it's like, oh, it's a kid's thing. It's a kid's thing. There's also a lot of theater that uses puppetry, you know, aside from Little Shop of Horrors or Avenue yeah, Q. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's a big part of it, but there's also other stuff out there that you don't realize is being done as a puppet. It'll be, uh, a friend of mine did some effects for a show on Broadway and it was basically because a piece had to be able to, float up through the air and then be like plucked from the air, but they didn't know how to do it. So he actually puppeteered it. He, you know, do this and they'll grab it and they can pull it right off of this rod. And, uh, it's, it, it's just changing. I mean, there's also, and there's also a lot of the high end artsy stuff that I can't stand. It's, you know, puppets being used to explain man's journey into himself. I don't give a <laughs> shit about, and I've seen a lot of that and it's, ugh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't care about the spoon's journey. It's it's not interesting. <laughs> but, and they'll do that. It's like literally, you know, found object puppetry can sometimes can be really brilliant and sometimes can bore you to tears. So I have to tell you, I've been very fascinated by everything you've been doing. Uh, I've be, I've become quite a fan of yours just uh, just for your skill level and, and the things that you've created. And uh, I want to thank you for, for the insight on all that tonight and, and for joining me finally. I mean, I, I'll let everybody else know. I We were supposed to do this, what, last weekend? And then I, uh, I yeah. postponed it to Monday, but then I got back Monday. And well, it's even the week with... before that because I postponed yeah. it once because we were going to do it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of my birthday. I don't know if I'm going to be home to do it. <laughs> yeah, no. And then I was totally, yeah, I don't know why I didn't remember it was my birthday. That was funny. Um, but anyway, like Monday, I pushed it off because, uh, you were so kind and you said, Oh, spend time with the girls. And I appreciated yeah. that. And here we are finally recording. And I was looking forward to it so much. And I, and it's still, I'm, I'm, I love how it turned out. So thank you. My pleasure. It's just really, it, it is. It's like I said, with, uh, with Eric, like me and Eric on the, on the mediocre show, uh, this mm -hmm. is just something that would fascinate us. And, and to finally, I know that he's going to love this interview because I, I'm sure that he had a lot of the same questions that I did. And, um, cool. Yeah, learn some stuff. That's that's really cool. Okay, I'll try and call in on Wednesday and, and harass you guys there. Yeah, you really should. Anytime. Anytime. Definitely. Um, I guess uh, the last thing is, is mm -hmm. do you do, like, just for regular people? Like, I know somebody said, oh, can oh, you yeah. do something for Grover? But, like, let's say uh, somebody wanted, somebody had some money and they wanted to do something for their kid, like make one of their kid. Do you, can you do I that? I do that kind of stuff. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't happen as often, but I, I, I actually did one for a Christmas present for someone over the winter. They was like, Oh, my niece, I want to make a little puppet of her. And I made a very simple little, you know, the tiny little character. You know, we call him kind of like a, a little, 
on Sesame Street, they call them AMs, anything Muppets. Yeah. They have these little ones called little pinks that are little tiny pink anything Muppets. And did that, and I put a wig on it and some eyes, and it came out very cute. That's cool. So, yeah, so I do do that, too. Do you take a picture of everything you do, like have an archive of everything you've done? Yeah, I mean, I, I need to go through my computer sometime and actually <laughs> organize it all. You should at least put up like a WordPress site and put pictures up of something. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what the Tumblr was when I was doing that. But then it got, like last summer, like the biggest project I work on, I couldn't take, I couldn't post anything yeah. I was doing. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, when's this, I don't want to post this before the video comes out. So I'll, you know, I'll wait till, it, and then it's like, I never see the video or the commercial was on a website I never go to. And then I never see it anyway. You kind of forget <laughs> it. You're on to the next thing. You kind of forget about it. Yeah, and I forget. And then it's like, you know, I mean, everything with the iPhone now too is like, that's where I take most of my pictures. Then you sync it into the computer. That's all well and good. But then you go back and it's like, damn, I've got months of photos that I've never looked at. And sometimes it's just garbage that I've just, I screen capped, you know? Yeah, no, I, mine's the same way. I've, 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 and I save everything too. I just put it all into one in, into folders. Exactly. So, so if, if, if that was the case, somebody wanted to do some, they could just contact you at any of your, like on Twitter or Facebook or, or yeah. any of those places. And, uh, and there's, there's a, uh, I think they all have a, a link to an email, like a, a puppet a day at Gmail or, um, it's actually my last name. Junior is the one I use mostly for business. Uh, so that's Voital Junior at Gmail. Yeah. Um, can you can you give the the Twitter address and all the, the Tumblr and all that stuff too? It's um yeah the, the Twitter is uh a well there's Puppet Disaster at Twitter backslash Twitter I guess all that nonsense. Yeah. And uh, then there is a Puppet a Day literally a p u p p e t a d a y, and uh, that's also the Tumblr that I started. So there's okay. a Puppet a Day Tumblr. I guess that's it. Um, do I I always have the the interviewees pick a song to go out on with at the end of the show. Do you have something? I you know I I didn't I never really thought about it. <laughs> I I will let you pick something you think is appropriate. Okay, I'm gonna play <laughs> Manamana by uh. I'm gonna play Manamana. Do, do you want to hear the original or the cake version? The cake one's good. Do the cake one. All right. You go out on the on the alternate alt rock scene a lot on that. So yeah, a little do, do cake. I like the cake version. Good. I like. Oh, good. Well, thank you. That's the first one I got to pick for somebody. Excellent. Um, yeah. Find you. Find him at all his all his places, and I'll put it all in the show notes. I've been trying to do a really uh, a better job of putting all the info in the show notes and I've actually uh, in the uh, the MP3 file itself. I didn't used to do that. Now I started doing that as well. So please support James and uh, check out a puppet a day and and puppet disaster and what was the Instagram feed? That's uh. uh Instagram, I just changed it to Puppet the, Dungeon. The Puppet Dungeon. Yeah. yeah. It was a puppet a day for the longest time. And then I was like, well, I'm not really doing that anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm like, there was a change. Maybe something bad happened. But then, no, you're no, still posting no. things good. So, yeah. I was happy about that. So, yeah. So, support him. This has been a great show. Uh, it's been great. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, do some housekeeping. Uh, we have Cherry from the, the Hello Sweetie podcast out in Salt Lake City coming cool. up this weekend. She is. Um, it's like uh, she and a, a few other ladies do a girls' version of the Geek Show, and they do a really good job. Oh, uh, I played the promo uh, last week. I'll play the promo at the end of this show. I'm also uh, uh, talking to comedian and podcaster Jim Willig from out in uh, the Portland area, I believe. And cool. uh, next week we have other interviews. It just—it's been nuts. It's been nuts That's in the world of podcasting here of late. Well, you know, between this and 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 all the attention that. Uh full of sith has been getting which is fantastic yeah we've been really blessed speaking of uh yeah. full of sith and star wars uh, bonnie burton you should think about she's really uh creative with the doing the puppets and stuff like that oh cool 
that I would think that that would be a really cool thing to work with too. But uh, yeah, well, I mean that with the special effects and puppets, that's a whole other whole other world of stuff. Well, no, she just worked at Lucasfilm, and then yeah. but her thing is like she made like a craft book for Star Wars and oh, cool. and, and other stuff like that. But it was just a random a random uh, fleeting thought in my head. There um, you go. And then Wednesday night mediocre show eight oh eight in the PM. James might call in. Talk to I talk to so. us. Here we go. Definitely. Yeah. So join us there, Mediocre Radio Network. I we are I am working on getting a mediocre radio network website done. I'm working on a new double O site. I'm working on a whole bunch of stuff. So listen to Full of Sith, listen to Mediocre Show, listen to this show, and uh the all the other shows that, that you mentioned tonight, James, and uh, yeah. I'll say a couple other ones. I'm Salt Lake Podcast or mm-hmm. the Geek Show or uh, Tales from the Hard Side, Undercover Unitards. Many, there's many, many shows. Uh, people do good things. So uh, we'll end it there. That's the best thing about the podcast world. It's all these different voices, which is fantastic. And, and everybody has a different opinion. Even if you're talking about yeah. the same thing, you get a different yep. opinion on it, which is always great. Definitely. So that that is obviously Oblivious, 00110. And that's uh, James Voital. Fantastic. Perfect. Look at that. And uh, yeah, support him, follow him. And we're going to go out tonight with some cake. So, uh, so for James... And cake with Manamana. I am the Mike Pilot. Night. Night.
Rebecca. I'm Danielle. I'm Crystal. And I'm Cherry. And if you like your geek news with a bit of a twist, then you'll love... Hello, sweetie! Hello, sweetie podcast brings you the latest and greatest geek news and information from an all-female panel. We'll bring you the most recent information about movies, TV, comic books, music, video games, roller derby, pop culture, and more. Subscribe on iTunes and like us on Facebook. For your weekly dose of geek culture from a female perspective, tune in to Hello, Sweetie! Danielle, get back in the podcast! That's racist. Hi, this is the Mike from the Mediocre Show, full of Sith and obviously oblivious, and I'm here today with my wife, Ariana and Anya. Hi, girls. Hi. Hi. (laughs) And we're here to talk to you about the Stabby Art Company. What is the Stabby Art Company? Well, they take uh, materials and they make you custom dolls. Well, not dolls. What would you call them? Figurines. Figurines. They make custom figurines of anything you like. Like right now, I'm looking at her website. I see the Darth Mike custom four-inch, and that, that was mine. She did that for me. She's done a stormtrooper for me. For Ariana, she did what for you? A zombie nurse. Yeah, and for Anya? A vampire Hello Kitty. Uh, what do you think of the, the pieces that you were sent? I like the figurines because they're custom-made. Yeah? They are focused on whatever your interest is. So I'm a nurse, and I love zombies, so I have a zombie nurse. Yeah. And she even kind of looks like me. I think they would make great gifts um, for any occasion. It's one of a kind. Yeah, and that's a really important thing to say. It's one of a kind. Anya, what do you think of your uh, your Hello Kitty uh, vampire over there? I think the figurine is very cool because she almost looks like Mavis in Hotel Transylvania. Oh, does she really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And look, she has a little tail and everything. Anyway, there's a lot of attention to detail to these things. They're they're gorgeous. And if you're a collector and you want to get something made for yourself, the Stabby Art Company, you can just go there directly by going to GetStabby.com. And they have a a March Madness giveaway going on right now. And uh, you might want to check that out to win something free. Two chances to win something free. So you should really get on that. So girls, the Stabby Art Company, you would definitely recommend it to people, right? Absolutely. Recommend the Stabby Art Company. Yes. And these two, they don't lie. They know what's going on. They're smart girls. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.